This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. So here's the question. In an industry where the rules were written over a century ago and the world of business that we work in keeps changing, how do accountants like us grow our business and its people to their full potentials, stay agile and keep ahead of the game? How do we build scalable businesses, create working cultures no one wants to leave, win new clients, stop trading hours for dollars and establish ourselves as the client's central advisors? That's the question and this show explores the answers. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm on a mission to transform and modernize the accounting industry and help ambitious accountants like yourselves double your revenues, work less hours, and enjoy life even more. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean. Today, I'm super excited to continue our series in our relationship with change and some of the practical elements around that. So over the last couple of episodes, we've really looked at some skills, some very pragmatic skills that we can put into our everyday and then an interesting look on, you know, really knowing your, your magic and the relationship around rest. So we're, now we're going to take a few of those skills and put them into what we do every day. So for today, I'm going to really talk about what a lot of people are still doing most of the time, which is the end of year process or the compliance process, if you like, and you know, use some of those skills that we learnt to make this much more efficient and effective. And if we can make what we do most of the time more efficient and effective, it creates then a lot more time. Plus, it then lets us build the muscles of those skills that we learn. Because you know, basically, a lot of the change that we've seen, you know, that people were trying to implement to me were quite large. And I couldn't get them into my everyday, so it came frustrating. And I found out and learned over time that the skills that we need to develop, if we can use them in our everyday and use them in what we already do, then it becomes a lot easier and it actually accelerates the change. It makes it a whole lot faster, which is, you know, quite counterintuitive at times. So let's have a look. So what are we looking at when we look at our everyday and our everyday workflow? We want to start really flexing those muscles of the setup and some of the planning mindset and the positiveness that we learned, you know, a little early on, you know, when we're looking at actually planning out where we want to be in life in the four or five years time, we should do the same with our jobs. So we should actually say, okay, I started this job last year. What happened this year? What would be a great result for it? Where do I want to be sitting at the end of the job? So really proactive planning culture there. So, you know, really flexing that skills, you know, really looking around that mindset that we have developed. So the first stage is obviously to really start then looking at our jobs as steps. So looking at where we want the actual job to get and how we want to make it better, set it up for success like we kind of do with our our days. So what's the budget on the job? Do I have all the information like we're using a decision-making framework? If I don't have all the information, I need to get it. And that information could come from two sources when you're looking at end of years. It's not just the client information you might need, but it's any IP around that client that either comes from yourself as partners or if you're an accountant, you know, comes from 
other people who have client relationships, perhaps partners as well. And then also when you're looking at setting up your job for success, the other thing that we need to look at is the status of the jobs and actually doing the job and are there elements in it that aren't our magic? So are there possibly, can we start looking at the stages of the job and start splitting it up? And when we do that, can we then bring the conversation pieces in and actually start explaining to the client the different stages of the job? So we'll delve down on that. And then finally, at the end, how can we actually make the job just that little bit better? So let's see how we can use the skills that we've learned in the end of year process. To make it a bit clearer to look at that, we actually have a PDF on end of year job workflow on our website, www.blueprinthq.com slash resources. So if it makes it a bit visually clear, otherwise just sit down and, um, you know, have a think about this as I work through and see one of my goals here is for us to actually rethink too, you know, what we do every day. And this also helps us be changing and agile and curious and actually thinking about our our every day and particularly what we do every day. And it becomes crucially important as you go into the next stage of developing different styles of products. We've never really looked at our end of year jobs. So, you know, getting the income tax returns ready for the end of year financial statements or getting a bus ready as products or as tools. So we never actually built them. But then we want to go through and we want to implement new products into our, our businesses with different forms of advisories, even cash flows, etc. And we haven't ever had that muscle before because, you know, what we do every day, we've never really developed because it's been developed a long time ago. So it's important to start breaking down those because the same steps in our end of year is the same steps in any job or any product. We set it up for success. We actually get then get the job done and then we assess the job opportunities both for ourselves, how can we make it more efficient, and then for our clients, how can we actually have a conversation and go forward. So that's what we're going to um, have a look at today and then how we can use those skills that we learned over the last couple of things to actually you know, implement that. So let's start with first stage of setting our job up with success. And I think that this is the biggest impact that you can have on any kind of job efficiency, right off, pick up, put down time or anything. We do not set our jobs up for success. We basically start a job and we finish a job. So what we want to do is actually see if we can get that job better. One of the biggest things that I see is not having all the, knowingly not having all of the information. So if you look back to our decision-making framework and we try to make decisions without all the information, we're changing that now and this is the same skill set here. So, but we basically, you know, client and also We also let the clients actually trigger. The clients actually start our job process, not us. So if we're doing any resource building and everything overall as a firm, we're never really setting ourselves up. We are being completely driven in workflow by the client demands and also the ATO demands. Obviously, the lodgement dates are our biggest driver of that and then our clients around that as well. So we want to start shifting that and setting our own jobs up for success and our own businesses up for success. And we start with everyday jobs, so one job. So we want to, you know, request and receive the client information and actually engage with the client. And the other area is actually prepare a budget and actually get, break the jobs down. So what should each stage of a job actually cost and what does each stage of the job actually mean? 
And this shouldn't take a great deal of time. It should be quite short. But obviously, in the first instance, you've got to think about that. So quite often, if we do budget for a job, it'll be we charge $4,000 last year. That's the budget. But what makes up that budget? Most of our most efficient firms and the efficient firms I've spent spend at least 10% of their budget, our time budget I'm talking here, and also try to think of it as a time budget as opposed to a dollar budget because we want to work away from the hours for dollars. But we do actually set a budget in our head. It's whatever we charged last year. So we do do that. But let's go one step further and use that as an efficiency piece. Have a meeting before we start the job. Collate all the, make sure we have all the client information. If the client has triggered it, if we don't, ask for it. Do not start a job before you can knowingly finish it. Of course, things are going to come up. That gets rid of the biggest put down and pick up in the first stage. Also, really, what are the roles in here? In the setup success, it's a much more administration style of role. It's not an accounting or tax role. Now, accountants could do it, but the thing about getting client information is you have to be able to, there's a lot of follow-up. So the other thing that needs to be set up for success here, and we drill down this you know, later on down the track, is also using our conversation skills. So actually engaging the client on how much the job's actually going to cost and get them aware of the costs and the elements of the job. So as you go forward and build your muscle around this, you might look at last year's job and realise that there's been a whole stack of data cleanup you know, getting the financial statements ready, which is outside the scope of actually end-of-year tax. So you might have a conversation around that using some of the framework that you have. And then once all the information's in, also that what you're starting to do there, if you're doing budgets on time and breaking it down, is realising where the different stages of the job is. And then you can ask yourself around the magic stuff. Are there elements of this job that I don't need to do that maybe someone else can actually do a lot more efficiently than I can at a better cost. So you're looking at then breaking down those jobs. And then the job loops there until you have all the client information in and also you have all of the other information in. I mean, how many jobs in the past have you guys finished or even a partner has finished and then you realise that there was a missing piece of information sitting in someone else's head? So we, we really want to get that information you know, before we start the job. So that's an important part of it as well. And, you know, if you're really interested in how to really drill down on this, we, we covered this off in the online course, Accountants, you know, what's right with you. And we get very, very deep on that. There's a link in the podcast notes if you want to jump on there and, and have a look at that. So we spend a lot of time here and we bring in a lot of those skills around that. And the setup for success, I think, is the biggest rock you can roll in any kind of efficiency piece going forward, even if you're an individual or even, you know, it doesn't matter what your role within a, a business is, if you can get your jobs set up for success, give it that timing and then roll it off, you'll find the jobs will go a lot more successful going forward. So the next stage that we go through is actually job completion. So even in here, once the job's finished, you can have different stages. So perhaps you could think of it as job preparation. So once all the information's in, getting work papers ready, getting everything set up, and maybe a different style of people could do this. And then also, this is where the job turnaround starts. Just go back one step. There's a turnaround in the step one. So from when either we want to start the job or the client triggers the job to when we can actually start the job. That's one turnaround, and then this is the next turnaround. So 
how long can it take us to actually finish the job? So in this stage, what I mean is you start the job, so there's preparation, get all the work papers and everything together, tie them all up before you do it, then actually get a clean working set of financial statements going that anybody could actually use to, any clients could actually use then to make business decisions. So these are pre-tax. We're seeing this more and more because we're doing them actually within the client software these days. And then, so then making sure that that's clean. And at that stage, you stop and make sure that everything's right there and you might have a, a quick peer review or something happens there. And then we go into processing any kind of tax adjustments, doing all the tax work is the next stage. And then the last stage is the tax optimization. So either if there's no tax planning being done, you're making sure that everything's right. We're all financial statements at this point. We're doing our tax magic. And then you'll have a tax strategy review there as well. So by that stage, the job's finished. It could go out the door. You know, we're getting to the point now that Partners might not even be involved in that stage, particularly if tax planning has been done. If you're doing full cycle work, then that managers or different styles of accountants can do it. So we're actually getting the reviewing muscle ready there as well. So we're really looking at the different stages of the job and, you know, what that is. And particularly if you've done tax planning and everything, realistically, this work should just be agreeing back to that, you know, ideally. Also, in this area, so, you know, some of the stuff, the skills that we're looking at over the last couple of weeks, the stills, the one that comes in here is the decision-making skill too, you know, really finishing it. A lot of times we are making decisions all the way through these jobs and we need to know the framework. But one of the things that comes up is the materiality. What do I actually, if I do get something in a review or I see that there's a slight disagreement, at what point do I change it and what's not. So to have a decision matrix around that and a very clear framework. So that should be made as a policy decision on a firm level, obviously, because quite often you'll get there's something small wrong and it's not worth the client's value to go back and adjust it unless, of course, they're very particular and then it might be worth the client. So you need to have that decision making framework. So work's not being changed just on the beck and call of one particular person within the firm, that there's an overall strategy and then another thing here is really important as an overall firm thing is if people are working for different styles of people, you have to actually have a firm-wide decision. Nothing is harder and less efficient than people having to make different decisions for different styles of people. So if you're just working for one person, it's fairly easy. You, you probably learn the decision matrix, but for efficiency's sake, you should still have it. But if people, some people do a micro-review and some people do different styles of review, you have to have a policy across the board so people don't need to make decisions on who they're actually working for. You know, I'm going to spend an hour on this really getting the formatting of the financials right, whereas this person doesn't really worry about that, so I don't need to spend so much time. I know that it's overall right. So those different decisions you can make decrease efficiency and also decrease you know, make people a little bit tighter around the decision-making framework. So try to get those decisions made as a firm-wide thing, have one way to do job completion for end of year. Because, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. There should be very much the same style of things, particularly if you want to go to the next stage, which is the magic of how can we take what we do every year, the tax, and help with the clients. Because I don't think there's 
anyone I've really ever spoken to who said, I don't want to go to the next level. I don't want to go to the advisory stuff. But what we've got to do is make sure our factory, which is our end of year, is very consistent in the decision-making processes to that. If we can't get that bit right, right, if you're in a large firm, a small firm, or by yourself, every decision should be made on a policy, on the decision-making framework that you've already set up. It always amazes me as this. We've been doing this since 1911, but everyone does it a little bit differently. Our factory needs to be done the same way all the time, and you need to spend the time doing that because the next stage is where the um, excitement, and I think most people want to be, which is how do we assess the jobs and the opportunities and then grow up into the next style of for our clients. And here's where you'll do a helicopter review. You'll have a look at what's happened in the past year and you know see if there's – and then debrief the meeting. You'll actually put it into a schedule for next year so you get start getting next year set up. And then hopefully you've already done the invoicing in the front, but if you haven't, this is where it all happens. And then you have an exit and opportunity meeting with the client to say in the first step, it could be something like, this is what we've done for you. And you want to say, but this is what we can do next. So this is where the magic starts happening and that you can actually then start linking in those new advisory programs or anything that you want, or even start really small just with financial statements literacy work, cash flow work, tax planning work, all of that off the back end of our end of year. But to do that, we've got to get super efficient in the step one and the step two to set up the success and the job completion. And then we can then debrief and go around and see what we can actually, how we can make it better, what the next actions are for the client and go forward and make it an easy conversation so it just becomes a system going forward. And if you can notice that, those same three steps are the same three steps of a conversation or whatever. What's the purpose? Set it up for success. Let's get the bulk of the meeting done. And then let's set the next actions and what are the opportunities going forward and off we go again. So these are always the same framework that we're working through. So we just need to start shifting our mindset for that. Then you can look at the whole thing and see, well, where's my magic in that? Where do I want to sit in the end of year process? And where am I most efficient? And then build a plan of action to get to there. Of course, you're not going to get to there start straight away. But a lot of step one can be done by really high-level administration people who are super efficient at getting things done. Step two, I've got jobs. You know, some firms who have graduates, you know, working on high-level, really solid processes, you know, working through all the way, getting clean financial statements or bookkeepers or some administration, so we need, we can start rethinking on where the bits of the jobs are. All these skills are just innovation skills, you know, going forward, and then assess the job, the opportunities, are uh, then leveraging growth off the back of what we do every day, and it's super, super important for us to do that. So I hope giving you some framework and some thought around what you do um, in your everyday, and if you don't do end of year or tax, think about use the same framework for whatever it is you actually do, whether it be administration or whatever, because we all do a workflow when we work through anything that we do in our jobs. So I hope you got a lot out of that, and as usual, please continue the conversation and be brave. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.